The Supreme Court recently ruled on Google vs. Oracle, a case related to the copyright status of APIs with far-reaching consequences for the software industry. Today, we'll break it down for you. Welcome to Copec Explained Software, the podcast where we make computing intelligible. Rebecca, this week the Supreme Court made a major decision about a case with far-reaching implications for the software industry that's been ongoing for over a decade. That's right, a battle between two giants. Oracle first sued Google in 2010 for the use of Oracle's Java technology in Android. We're going to do a future episode on Java, but it's important we have some context to talk about this case. Java has been one of the most popular programming languages in the world since its launch in 1995 by Sun Microsystems. But Java is more than just a language. It's also a platform that encompasses APIs, the runtime environment known as the Java Virtual Machine, and a variety of related products. Sun was purchased by Oracle in 2009, giving them control of Java. Android was originally a startup company founded in 2003, purchased by Google in 2005, and launched in 2008. From the beginning, Android was built on top of Java, so it would be attractive to the many programmers who already knew the language. Ultimately, Google re-implemented the Java language, a Java runtime environment, and the surrounding APIs without Sun Oracle's permission. Before we get into more details, we should say that both of us are not lawyers, and nothing in this episode constitutes legal advice. So if you're thinking about re-implementing another company's APIs, don't think you're okay doing so based on this episode. I know we plan to do a future episode on APIs as well, but since they're at the center of the case, can you briefly tell us what they are and how they related to the case? API stands for Application Programming Interface. It's basically a way of defining how a bunch of pre-built software functionality can be accessed by application programmers. That pre-built functionality is usually packaged in what is called a library. For example, it would be silly if every programmer had to redefine how to draw a rectangle on the screen. So a graphics library will provide functionality for drawing a rectangle, and it will provide an API so application programmers can access that functionality. Then both a chess program that needs to draw a square and a piece of art software can both use that same API. Sometimes these libraries are provided by an operating system. Sometimes they're provided by a third party and sometimes they're bundled with a programming language. In that case, they are known as the Programming Languages Standard Library. A large part of this case hinges on Java's standard library, which includes many different APIs. When Google created Android, it re-implemented the Java programming language and copied some of the APIs that come with its standard library. This much is not in dispute. Both sides agree that Google did this copying as it is self-evident to anyone who has programmed for Android and on other Java platforms before that. So how come Google thought it was okay to just copy these APIs? Well, at first, they actually tried to license Java from Sun. Between 2005 and 2006, Google tried four times to license Java. However, Google and Sun could not come to the terms of an agreement. When the talks broke down, Google decided to go their own way. The total amount of code that constitutes the copying in the case is 11,500 lines of code. That might sound like a lot, 
But keep in mind that an entire implementation of Java is millions of lines of code. So it's a relatively small percentage of, of the whole. At the same time, the parts are that are copied are fundamental to how a programmer interfaces with the Java standard library. So Java would not be Java as most programmers know it without these 11,500 lines. Re-implementing another company's APIs is not uncommon in the software world. In fact, many pieces of popular software are based upon the idea. For instance, Wine is a piece of software that re-implements the Windows APIs, allowing users to run Windows programs on Linux and Mac OS. Mono was a project that re-implemented Microsoft's .NET runtime. Microsoft eventually bought the company behind Mono, legitimizing it. Even the first IBM PC clones can be thought of as as re-implementers of an API because they re-implemented the BIOS of the original PC in a clean room environment. If it's not legal to re-implement an API, then that precedent would invalidate many pieces of commercial and open source software. That is why this case is so important for the software industry. It poses a fundamental question. Is it legal under copyright law to re-implement an API? So what happened in the case? Without going into the nitty-gritty details of the lower court rulings, the case had gone back and forth for 11 years. At some points, Oracle won, and in some junctures, Google won. At stake was several billions of dollars in potential damages for Google, because Java is so fundamental to Android, and Android is so successful. Even for a company the size of Google, the damages in this case are large, not to mention the implications for the software industry. By the time the case made its way to the Supreme Court, the Supreme Court was already assuming, based on the rulings of lower courts, that Google had indeed copied code. The question was not whether or not it copied copyrighted material, but whether or not copying that material constituted fair use. Fair use is a doctrine that enables copyrighted material to be utilized in some instances without the permission of the rights holders. For example, it is fair use for an educator to distribute certain copyrighted materials to their class for learning purposes without the permission of the rights holder, and it is fair use to reuse some copyrighted material for comedic parodies. The Supreme Court's decision about fair use in regards to the Java code was based on the four criteria for fair fair use, and those are the nature of the copyrighted work, the purpose and character of the use, the amount and substantiality of the portion used, and market effects. To give you an example of just two of these, first, the amount and substantiality of the portion used. Since the amount of copied code was just 0.4% of the entirety of Java, the majority opinion of Breyer felt that the felt that weighed in favor of it being fair use. Second, market effects. Since Android could not run Java SE, Java's standard edition for the desktop programs, and Java SE could not run Android programs, the court's majority opinion did not see Google's implementation as a direct substitute for Oracle's, and therefore that also lends itself towards fair use in the majority opinion. So the majority looked at all four criteria. When weighing all four, they felt they were in favor of the copying being fair use. Six justices joined the majority with Breyer. The dissenting opinion was by Justice Thomas and Alito joined him. The dissenting opinion did not feel the copying was fair use based on the same criteria. How do you feel about the result, Dave? Well, I read the entire 62-page decision, and I have to say that I was struck by how little understanding, both from a technical and business point of view, the majority showed in their opinion. I actually think the outcome was good for the software industry. I think we need to be able to re-implement APIs. I think the kind of innovation that comes about with things like wine is very important for the industry. However, by the letter of the law, I was actually convinced by the dissenting opinion. 
I thought Justice Thomas showed a strong understanding of the technical and business issues, and he even brought up several important points that weren't even mentioned by the majority. For example, Java was actually a very popular platform on mobile phones and other mobile devices before Android came about. So that entire argument about market effects by the majority was totally flawed, in my opinion. It was also telling that the majority spent five pages explaining what an API is, and they still got it wrong. I think I could explain better to you what an API is in one paragraph. So I wasn't very impressed by the majority's opinion. I was pretty impressed by the dissenting opinion. As a whole, I'd say what happened was good for the software industry, but maybe not a great legal decision. So we may say it was a good decision for the future of the software industry, but a sloppy decision from a legal point of view by the court? Yeah, I would totally agree with that. All right. Well, thanks for joining us this week. Dave, how can our listeners get in touch with us on Twitter? We're at Copec Explains. That's K-O-P-E-C-E-X-P-L-A-I-N-S. Don't forget to hit subscribe or follow on your podcast player of choice. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week. Bye, everyone.